0: Welcome to Wits in the Walks of Life, a part of the Synapse. I'm Minchara Atreya and I'm here today with Miss Vaiju Iyengar, who runs her own Bharatanatyam dance school called Nupur Nitya Academy in Attleboro, Massachusetts. She has been dancing since she was just four years old and she took on her first teaching job at the age of 16. She has continued to dance with some amazing local dancers and has been part of fundraisers for causes that are close to her heart. Welcome to The Synapse, Ms. Vaidu, and thank you for being here.
1: Thank you, Inshira, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Great. Let's start off. So to start off with, could you please tell us about your journey in the world of dance? What inspired you to become a dancer?
1: I honestly do not remember what inspired me because I've been dancing since I was so little. I remember going to dance class and being enthralled by the whole idea, and ever since then, I haven't looked back, I've just danced on, and here I am.
0: Wow, wow. Yeah, it's so cool that you started dancing at such a young age. So, coming to the present, how do you manage your time being a full-time worker while also being heavily invested in Nupur Nurtia Academy? Well,
1: I do have to say it's all about teamwork. When I say teamwork, I'm talking about my partner, my husband, and my all-in-one Man Friday. Without him and his support, I would not be doing what I am doing today. And before that, I attribute all my success and my love for the art and my everything to my parents I think for every, for us to be successful, whether it be art or anything else, I don't think we can, it's a solo journey for anything at all. So I truly think up until I got married, I truly would drop everything and just go off to practices and everything. And I always knew that if I fell, there was somebody to catch, which was always my parents and my brother. And I just knew, and then I got married. My only concern and request and ask was that I don't stop dancing. And he has truly been my supporter, my my cheerleader, my everything. And without his support, I actually just had my 14th annual recital on Sunday. And it, which also happens to be Father's Day here in the United States. And what did he do all day while I was busy getting ready, getting my daughters ready? He was busy making breakfast for us, putting all the stuff in the car, getting ready, then taking the video for us. So I truly think that it is a team effort without and even when I have classes all day on Saturday, it's just, you know, I have breakfast, coffee handed to me. Team effort. So all all I can say is team effort. Even when I was pregnant and I was teaching, when I had kids, you know, young six-month-old baby, I would drop the baby off and go off to rehearsals. You know, I never had to worry about you know coming home and having to cook food or having to do this or do that. Nothing. Having that kind of support is truly important, whether it be art or anything else. That unshakable support is what has made me be heavily invested, like you said, in Nupur and Academy and be a full-time employee of, in the IT industry and be a full-time mom. So here we are.
0: So true. So true. Teamwork really is the key. And 14 years, that's such a great milestone. So tying back to that, how do you take care of yourself and work on your mental health all while juggling your dynamic lifestyle?
1: That's a great thing. I am one of those true uh, believers in mental health because uh, it is so poorly uh, under, it's poorly spoken, very underrated when it comes to, you know, spoken about or when it's, um When people say, you know, I don't feel well, they always talk about, oh, do you have a fever? And they don't really talk about the aspect that it is more than just not feeling well. I truly, I think you're doing a great job in talking to people about what cannot be seen, touched, or, you know, what is not to the visible eye. What do I do? To me, I think dance is what keeps me sane. I think having that something that's not work and not just cooking, cleaning, taking care of, though I love my family to pieces, just not having that, I think gives me that mental uh, reset that I truly need is what keeps me balanced and keeps me on an even keel. And I always think that that's what has always helped me pull me back from wherever it is that it takes me away from. And sometimes when I need a break from reality or bring me back to reality, whatever the case might be, I think that that's what has helped me. So that's that's where my mental health is. So without dance, I don't know where I would be. Uh, to me, that's, that's my saving grace.
0: That's so great. Yeah, dance definitely is a really good escape. So now coming more to the Bharatanatyam side of things, that's a dance form that needs a lot of discipline, if I'm not wrong. So what tips would you give to young people or people in general in terms of the discipline you need for learning an art form like dance?
1: Well, something like dance I really think that if they're going to take it up, uh, I would say give it the same amount of time, effort and respect that you would to school, because a lot of people do it because they are trying to check off a box like they're trying to say, oh, I do dance, I do a math class and I do music and I do soccer Um, not about checking off a box because the teacher is putting just as much effort as anybody else in a regular school. And I think the parents and the students who are coming to learn the art form need to understand and respect that and need to give it just as much importance and effort, especially an Indian dance form or art of any sort needs a lot of practice and which means time which means effort without which it's not going to come but then anything that you want to excel in if you do not put time effort and energy into it you're not going to excel in it expecting results in a day or a week or even a month or even a year is not not just a teacher's job or without effort, nothing's going to come out of it. It takes a lot of hard work and dedication. And I think coming into it, knowing that this is what you need to do, I think that's what people need to come into it knowing. And I get a lot of children who are five and six years old who probably do not know any better If that's the case, I would say to the parents of those children is that you need to ingrain that habit into your young ones. And for older students, I would say you need to start to learn that, put that much effort into your, any art form that you're learning, because without which you're not going to learn anything else because whatever effort you put into this is going to perpetuate into the rest of your other parts of your life as well. Because whatever you show the dedication is what is going to show in the rest of your other parts of your life as well, which I have seen time and time again. People think that it's not true, but I have seen it in action over and over and over again. So that's what I would say to the people who are getting into this or have been at it
0: yeah definitely some very important points there so you teach a wide range of age groups right so while teaching young kids and adults do you feel like your teaching methodologies sometimes vary and if so how do they vary
1: so yes I do teach uh, various age groups so One thing I will say is this, when I taught in India, it was very different versus when I teach kids here or even the older people here, it's very different. Also, even people uh, teaching in India, people who are from the Southern India versus the Northern part of India are also different. All this varies because, uh, I'll start with people in India, Southern India versus Northern India, because the way you grew up with the mythology, because uh, Bharatanatyam is very seeped in Indian mythology, a lot of the dances that we do. A lot of it in India, we grew up with our parents and grandparents just telling us these kind of stories. It's just, we're surrounded by it so we just take it for granted that we know all these things the range of stories the kind of stories kind of changes as it moves up north the kind of stories change so we have to start to, i had to start to think differently as i taught kids or students from different parts of the country when i came here what i realized for young ones including my own children is that they didn't automatically grow up with the kind of stories that we did because they didn't automatically have grandparents with them growing up here with them. So I not only became a teacher for them to teach dance, I also became a storyteller and kind of a surrogate parent, grandparent, whatever, to them, to teach them. I felt like it was my duty to teach them all these mythological stories or teach them all these other, bring stories to them that was not easily accessible to them. So I had to make it fun and interesting for them so it's more accessible to them. And for the younger ones, I have to make it more interesting because art has no language. So I have to make sure they understand that first and then from there on i have to teach them the dance in itself so you know i become a storyteller and then a dance teacher so for the younger ones it's much more different for the older ones it's much more understanding the social aspect of where they are in their lives and then connecting with that and then teaching accordingly so to me i'm i feel like i'm always learning and growing with them. I feel like it keeps me very young because of that. And I enjoy the process because of that.
0: Wow, that's so cool. Seems like a lot of effort and hard work. So as a teacher, what have some of your happiest and proudest moments been?
1: To me, I feel that comes almost every week. But I'm most delighted when I see them shine on stage and when they have this glitter of joy when they learn something when the light bulb clicks on when they have been struggling with a particular step or a movement and it clicks on and they look at me and they are like I got it I got what you're trying to tell me That moment of growth, just sheer delight. And then when they go on stage and that delight of performing and the the roaring clap from the audience, and then they come off stage and they're like, I did it, auntie, I did it. It's absolutely delightful. That's what I live for. And that's what I teach for.
0: Wow. Coming back to you, have you had any challenges on this long journey during dance? What was your biggest challenge? And did you learn a really important lesson from that?
1: Challenges are abound always. Uh, What is life without challenges, right? What have I learned? What have I not learned? So, there, there's always challenges that are thrown in your way. The one thing that I have learned is to grow from them, not to look back um, and, and be bitter about them, but to say, hey, this challenge was put in my path so I could learn from it and grow from it. Not to be bitter and sad about it, but to say this was put in my path so I could learn from it. Or this person was put in my path um, to put this in my path so I could learn and grow and develop from it. So every difficulty that was put in my path, I always think that that's that's what it was for. So there is no one thing that was difficult, starting from the point of because this country, it's not like uh, Indian homes where They're built out of concrete. So you can't really dance inside the house. That was my first and biggest challenge. I couldn't practice when I came into this country in the house because the apartment was, if I danced, literally everything started falling inside the house. And I was devastated. That was my first challenge. But I had to grow from it and learn from it and say, that's a challenge that's been put in my path. So I couldn't just say, okay, I'm going to stop dancing. That means I would not have been here today. I just had to find an alternative method. Instead, I found a gym that was close by. I made a gym membership and I said, well, I hate going to gyms, but I made the gym membership and I talked to them and I said, can I come at your least busy time and practice dance here instead? And that's what I did. And then it it was interesting. They would come, people would come by and they would be like, what are you doing? And it was a good conversation starter. I would have conversations with people. uh, You know, I made a few friends. It was just, you know, and I was new to the country instead of thinking of it as a blocker. Instead, it was more like making friends, finding people who had common interests. So that's how I think of it. So yes, challenges, but I think of it as growth. So that's where we were.
0: That's so inspiring. So going back to mental health, like we were talking about earlier, there's been a lot of talk about mental health awareness, especially since the pandemic hit. Do you think dance could be used as a way to raise awareness, maybe even as a means to narrate stories of those who have struggled?
1: it's a very good point that you bring you will uh, during this pandemic one of the biggest challenges I faced was teaching virtually it was absolutely the hardest thing I've done since I started teaching teaching virtually is hard because this is an art form that needs needs to be you know I need to touch them, fix them. Um, I need to fix your feet, fix your posture. How do you fix somebody's posture on a camera? I don't know. I had to figure it out. Um, but we all grow during. We had to evolve. We all had to evolve as we, you know, dealt through this crazy time. But we all came together as a community through the entire world because there were people hurting uh, across the world where there were people who did not have access to the kind of technology that we do. And there were a lot of artists who were struggling with not enough money and not enough food um, to put on their table for for their families. So there were artists who came together, banded together to uh, raise awareness and raise, funds to help other artists. There were a lot of people who were selflessly doing it just to make sure there were other artists who were supported, which to me in itself was a beautiful thing. So we learned a lot of things, a lot of new dances during this time, uh, which which in itself, I I would have never gotten the opportunity to learn from these amazing dancers being this far away. I got the opportunity to learn from these people in the, in the same token. I also got to do my part in helping other artists who were hurting during this difficult time. So yes, during this difficult time, I felt mentally that I was able to do my part to support other artists, And there were things done to raise awareness for other artists. So artist-wise, we did a lot of things for other artists. So I think, you know, there were things to do, raise awareness. There were things to do. There were a lot of shows that were put together to raise awareness. There were things to do to raise funds for struggling artists. So I think your question is absolutely... Spot on to say there were a lot of things to do right on that path.
0: That's so great to hear. So, before we wrap up, do you have a message for the youth who aspire to pursue the field of dance? Um, My message is this there's no easy path.
1: Hard work is the only way. So, nothing happens overnight. Hard work, hard work, hard work. But do not give up hope everything comes to those who work hard
0: that's a great message thank you so much that was an amazing conversation we had absolutely thank you for having me interact. good luck to
1: everything that you will do look forward to in the future i know that you work just as hard as well
0: thank you thank you so much Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Wits in the Walks of Life, a part of the Synapse. Today's guest was Ms. Vaiju Iyengar, who runs her own dance school called Nupur Nitya Academy. Be sure to check out nupurnitya.com for more details. Stay tuned to hear stories from accomplished individuals in a variety of fields. Thank you for listening.